Pray with me, please. Dear good and gracious God, I pray that some word of mine will be some word of yours for some one of yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. One of my favorite authors is Billy Graham. And on his 99th birthday, he released a video encouraging people to seek God with their whole lives. This video turned out to be his final public prayer to the world. And as part of that prayer, he said that he had been praying that we might, as a country, have a spiritual awakening. He went on to say that the way we can make this happen is for each of us to surrender our lives afresh and anew in Christ. Graham also shared the following advice about how people can truly live a Christian life. First, he said, we must do everything we can to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and live a life in which we love one another and we help one another and we live according to his word as Jesus lived. I don't know about you, but it's easier said than done. So what tools do we have to help us live this kind of a life? Well, Graham said that the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us live that new lifestyle. It's one of love, gentleness, kindness, patience, and of all these things that are the fruits of the Spirit. Graham stressed the importance of reading the Bible every day. He said that we need to immerse ourselves in the Word every single day. And he recognized, however, that it can be difficult, but suggested that we start with the Gospel of Luke in the New Testament. And then in the Old Testament, start where you should, at the beginning, in the very first verse. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Graham pointed out the intimacy, that intimacy with God is essential, and this must be achieved through our prayer. He said to go to your knees and pray until you and God have become intimate friends. He said, I cannot describe to you the joy that you will experience and the peace that, you, that this will give you if you will make this your daily routine. You might ask yourselves, well, what does Billy Graham's prayer have in relationship to today's gospel reading? Well, both Billy Graham's prayer and Jesus's prayer were both one of the last prayers of their life. But probably more important, both of these prayers included prayers for us. Our gospel lesson today, if you have your Bibles at home with you, is a, regarding the prayer of, of John. It's called the, uh, the Gospel of John in 17 verses 1 through 11. Verses 17, 1 through 11. On the same evening that he was betrayed, Jesus prayed the words found in this gospel. It is also known as the high priest prayer. Verse 17 starts with, After Jesus said this, He looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those who have given him, all you have given him. What did Jesus mean? The hour has come. Well, throughout the entire Gospel of John, Jesus referred to the cross as his hour, meaning he knew that he was about to be crucified. Verse 3 says, Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, 
and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What does this mean? Eternal life comes from having a knowledge of the only true God, as opposed to the false gods. As Pastor Cal said recently in a sermon, back in those days, there were all kinds of gods that people were praying to. Verse 4 says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. This means that Jesus made the Father known through the work that God sent him here to do. Verse 5 says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. In other words, Jesus is asking to be returned to the glory of returning to heaven. He wants to be restored to the glory of returning to heaven. And then the next verse is Jesus is praying for his disciples, and in fact, he's praying for us then. Verse 6 says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm, I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. Well, what does all that exactly mean? I'm not praying for the world, he says. It means that Jesus was praying for those present at the time. But later, in verse 20, which we're not reading today, but in verse 20, it does say that he's also praying for future believers. That's you and I. Finally, in verse 11, it says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. In this verse, Jesus is sensitive to the fact that he is leaving the disciples, and he is asking God to protect them, and in fact is asking him to protect us. The disciples would soon have a new relationship with the Holy Spirit to help them and guide them. I'd like to share with you a story that is in my past. About 20 years ago or so, I was a member of Holy Trinity Lutheran Church in Muncie. And at that time, I was the church council president and was full of energy and enthusiasm. I suggested to Pastor John, who was our pastor at the time, that we should have a mission and vision statement that was more meaningful one that when people read it, they knew exactly what we were all about, and one that each member could look at and understand what we should be doing as a church. Well, he suggested that each one of us on the council should think about this and pray about it and try to come up with some ideas that we could share at the next council meeting. And for those of you in the congregation that know Pastor or knew Pastor John, he was quite the writer and a very educated person. He was a lovely person. He did enjoy writing, though. His annual reports were known to have killed a few trees. They were about that thick. So you might imagine, though, to my surprise, when he simply said that he thought that our mission and vision should be these three words, gather, grow, and go. At the time, I'll be honest with you, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was specific enough. But I've come since to realize the simplicity of it 
is what makes it so special. I don't know if any of you like reading Philip Yancey. I've read a few of his books, but in the book Meet the Bible, Philip Yancey addresses chapter, John chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. And at the end, he asks a question based on the prayer of the gospel lesson for today. He said this. He said, how would you sum up uh, Jesus' goals for the church? And how well do you think that Christians today fulfill those goals? Well, I believe that that based on his prayer in the gospel today, and this is my opinion because I'm reading from what Philip Yancey asked each of us to do. You might have different opinion. But I believe that Jesus has three goals for the church. And they just happen to be the same as Pastor John's. Gather, grow, and go. We know from the Bible that Jesus gathered together the disciples when he was here on the earth. And he grew them in their faith. And then he sent them out into the world to go and to spread the good news. But imagine for just a moment, can you imagine what would have happened if the disciples had decided to do the two things and not the third? If they had decided to be gathered together and to grow in their faith, but however not go into the world and spread the news. And it would have been really easy for them not to have done that because they had just soon seen their, uh, Jesus crucified and they were scared and they were worried. But can you imagine if they had not done the last thing and that's just go into the world and to spread the good news? I might not be here today and we might not be sharing our faith with each other. I believe that we should gather and worship, we should grow in our faith, and we should go in our service. These may be odd words today, considering that I'm coming to you through the internet and that we're not meeting physically in the church today. And obviously today we aren't able to gather together in person. But think about this. Our need to gather together is so great that we have found this alternate way of getting together through the internet. I like to think of these three things, gather, grow, and go, as a three-legged stool. First of all, first leg, we should gather together to worship God. This means attending church. We gather and worship to give him thanks and praise and sing and read the Bible, and take communion together and hear his word through the message. And the second leg of the stool is we must grow in our faith. And how do we do that? We do it from attending church and reading the Bible and attending Sunday school and praying and fellowshipping with other Christians. And then lastly, the last leg of the stool is we should go. Jesus taught us that he did not come to be served, but to serve. This means that we as disciples should look for ways to serve others and to help others, help others to grow. We do need to gather and grow, but in these examples of gathering and growing, we're being served more than we're serving. But when you do go, you take what you have learned and what you have been given, and you share your faith with others. And you also invite them to church so that the church can grow. In conclusion, each one of us in our past has had someone help to gather us and make us part of a church. Then maybe that same person and others 
have helped us to grow in our faith. Now it's time for us to be that someone to others. As the Bible says in Matthew uh, chapter 28, verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. In the past, we as Lutherans, I believe, have been pretty good at gathering and growing in our faith, but not in our numbers. I believe it's because we've left off the third leg of the three-legged stool, and that being to go. When we don't go out in the world and share the good news, then the three-legged stool collapses, and the number of people who gather will dwindle. I think we've all seen, certainly seen signs and evidence of that in our church, in the Senate, and we're not the only church. Churches all across the United States, across all the world, have seen a decline. Church attendance is declining, and I believe we'll continue to do so unless we prop up that three-legged stool by going out and sharing our faith with others and helping and serving and inviting them to church. So lastly, I would ask you this week to share your faith with others, tell them about our website and our Facebook page and invite them to church when we're able to gather together and uh, make that your mission and your vision this week. Praise be to Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.